when we have traumatic things happen in our life, the subconscious can trap that experience as a way to protect us, actually. And so then it prevents us because it thinks it's helping us by taking action in our life because it doesn't want something bad to happen. Hello, this is Dr. Diva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Welcome everyone to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. Today we have Lisa Thomas. Lisa Thomas is a transformational leader, intuitive, and master energy healer who is dedicated to helping people reach their next level of success in business and financial abundance by breaking cycles of struggle, upper limiting beliefs, and negative patterns. She specializes in realize, releasing inherited emotional DNA, such as fear of success, fear of failure, anxiety, procrastination, fear of public speaking, false money beliefs, and business stagnation. She believes everyone deserves to be seen, known, and heard for who they are. Her expertise empowers people to get their business ideas out into the world confidently and in alignment with their soul's purpose. Lisa, hello, thank you for joining us. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I think the first question to discuss is, because I think a lot of people are unfamiliar with your expertise and what you do is, so can you please tell us or answer what is an energy healer do? <laughs> well, there are a lot of different types of energy healers. My an energy healer is going to release the blockages in the energy system, which is similar to maybe um, if you think of the meridians in the body, that an acupuncture is accessing to clear those. An energy worker is doing something similar. They're just releasing those blocks that we physically, with our own eyes, can't see. And how do you detect these blocks? As, are you asking me that as how do I detect them or how does the client detect them? How do people realize that they have it? Both. That's actually a good question. So how would I know if I have a blockage and how would you see my blockage? You're going to know if you have a blockage, if you're continually repeating the same pattern. If you think you've overcome something and then boom. Now, sometimes the universe will bring things back into our life to kind of test us, but that's not what I'm talking about. If you have a constant pattern of procrastination or you keep limp hitting that, that financial, you can't get over that financial top or you're constantly in struggle. These are things that we don't have to keep and we can move through them. And then for me, I'm going, I find it a variety of different ways, but one of the ways that works the very best for me is I'm going to muscle test my client's body. That doesn't matter. I can be doing a phone session. I'll connect and do it with, you know, I'll connect energetically with them. And then the reason I do that, doctor, is because the subconscious mind knows everything about our body. It knows who we were before we came to earth. And it knows everything that we've experienced. It's just that we don't, we consciously don't live in that space. And so it's going to tell me why it is, what's happening, who the client is. And I don't, I don't have to guess. So essentially when you evaluate a person, you really are looking into their subconscious. I am. Mm -hmm. And through, how, how are you able to achieve that? I mean, is this something that you, because if you're able to do sessions through 
um, a video conference um, and the person's not with you, how are you able to sense their energy and get an idea of where their blockages are and what their subconscious is telling you? Well, there's a lot of different things. Like I'm an intuitive. I, as ever since I was a little girl, I can see spirits. I can communicate. I hear them. I smell them. I know if, if an ancestor comes around that smokes, I know they're there, even if I don't see them initially. So there's those uh, clear gifts, spiritual gifts that I was just born with that, that I like to think is icing on the cake, but the client has to know that they have a problem. Meaning I just don't walk up. I would never walk up to somebody and they're going to come to me with, with something that they want help with. And then I'm going to figure it out based on what they need help with. And a lot of these that you're dealing with are just repressed emotions that haven't been processed, but are stored in the body. Correct? Yes. Th that's one of them. And the other way is, which is what, what I like to think of as my specialty is the inherited patterns that get passed down through the lineage. So those are things that we might be aware of. We might be aware of them through our gifts and our talents because we inherit many good things from our ancestors. But we also inherit um, you know, the trauma energy or the fear energy. And that's passed down in our epigenetics. And how can we distinguish what we are experiencing that is inherited versus what is ours through our own experiences and through our own um, uh, personalized emotional trauma? It's hard to figure that out because oftentimes the same thing will happen to us that happened to a family member, or, you know, to a parent or to a grandparent because that's an inherited pattern. Right. Or, but so there's three ways. Let me, let me back up. There's three ways the energy gets trapped in the body. One, we inherit it. And that is, that's within our DNA. It's not the DNA. We have our own DNA code. That's where our eyes are brown or green. And we can't change that. We can't change how tall we are. Right. But within the, within the DNA are our epigenetics and our epigenetics is how our DNA expresses itself. And that is based on the life experiences of our ancestors. Um, so that's one way. The second way is based on oftentimes those things it, that we inherit and they're passed down in our cell memory. It's a cellular thing. It's not like an experience that happens in our lifetime. But when we have traumatic things happen in our life, the subconscious can trap that experience as a way to protect us actually. Mm -hmm. And so then it prevents us because it thinks it's helping us by taking action in our life because it doesn't want something bad to happen. So it can happen in a lot of different ways, but it's a trapped emotion. That's the suppressed emotion. Okay. Let me give you an example of how that happens and how it shows up in our life. Yeah, please. Okay. Me. So this is not an inherited one. This is how something trapped. Let's say, and this happened to a client of mine. She had been in therapy. Actually, the therapist sent her to me. And she was having a pro problems with love and stuff like that. And I found an emotion of abandonment at age five. And I said, does that ring a bell to you? Because the ego mind is our subconscious mind. And it, it needs this like five seconds, two seconds of fame. Because it, did it, it trapped this experience for a reason, to help us. And you don't have to remember it. She did. She goes, oh my gosh, I realized in therapy that 
my, when my mother forgot me in kindergarten, it was very traumatic. Mm. And I said, okay, well, that's why abandonment trapped. Now, this is the thing. It doesn't matter why mom forgot her. It doesn't matter if mom was you know, depressed and couldn't get out of bed or if mom was PTA president and everybody else came first to her, right? If the issue is that abandonment trapped. So she cognitively knew this. All right. Now, her boyfriend's in Vegas and he says, hey, babe, I'll text you in a couple hours when I'm out of my conference. Two hours and 15 minutes went by and she's on the phone with her mom saying he's not my guy. She's like, why? Well, because he didn't, he didn't text me. Oh, wow. And you see how abandoned, so we consciously, right? She knew that she'd had an experience that was traumatic, abandonment trapped. But if the frequency of that emotion doesn't get released, then that frequency brings those things back into our life because we send out and attract what we're sending out unconsciously, right? Well, let me finish the story. He, he called her from an unknown number like an hour later and just said, hey, look, I'm sorry. My phone was stolen and this nice lady sitting next to me, let me use her phone. Had nothing to do with him not wanting to be with her. Right. And how yeah. did she react? Well, they're married now. <laughs> <laughs> so she, you know, we released the frequency of abandonment and she was able to see things more clearly. Yeah. And she yeah. didn't go into that. Everybody's going to abandon me, you know. And so you were able to release that emotion. And so yeah. I, I'm assuming that once it's released, it won't, those patterns that she's been experiencing through her life based on that episode of five years old will no longer haunt her. And she'll, they don't. It's, it's done and over with. It's done. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is like amazing because it's like, it accelerates any type of psychotherapy in my, in, it seems. It does. It does. Psychotherapy is amazing for, giving us a space, safe space to figure out who we are. And I'm not a therapist. So like, I don't want to know the whole story. We get caught up in our stories, right? But, but when we change the energy, the frequency of how we are resonating in the world, and I know that that falls into the, I don't know what that means category for a lot of people. I understand that. But every word in the dictionary has a frequency attached to it. So love is the highest, shame is the lowest. Another word for frequency is a megahertz. And so if we were to measure that with a device, then it, we're going to get a frequency number. And that is, that's how we send it. That's just the energy in which we vibrate. That's why we, when people say, I want to say in high vibration, that's what they might even know what they're talking about, but that's literally what it means. And talk to me about vibration because everyone I've, I've been, I've come across this word a lot. Yeah. So, so essentially what I'm gathering is that the various emotions have various frequencies and you mm -hmm. vibrate on that frequency. Yes. And if I'm assuming it fluctuates from day to day from sure. you, and day to day or hour to mm -hmm. hour, depending on mm -hmm. the emotion that you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And these vibrations are what is sent out to other people. And so it attracts like, and it, and mm -hmm. it frequencies, correct? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And that's why, if you're, let's just, you can walk into a room full of people and you can notice somebody clear on the other end and think, hmm, I want to get to know them. And then about two seconds later, you're like, yeah, they're not, yeah, I don't want to know them. Huh. Right? That's why. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean it's 100% accurate? No, it doesn't. That's the thing. Like her boyfriend wasn't abandoning her. It wasn't an accurate feeling. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And say if, if um, probably a common example that a lot of people are experiencing is they are at a bar or at a location where they are trying to meet other people, specifically if a guy's out and wants to like attract another woman and they see that person from afar and then they're trying to vibrate at that same frequency, but it doesn't connect. And so there's a blockage somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. There's a blockage. Yeah. And so that's why the, it, it, these types of attractions don't sync up because it's the, the vibration. That's right. And so oftentimes two wounded people can come together based on their, on, you know, similar things that have happened to them. But let's say that it's abandonment here. Oh yeah. My dad left when I was three. Oh yeah. My mom left when I was five. Right. And so you think we got so much in common. But if, the, if that isn't released, the meaning that, right, then they're going to end up abandoning each other in some way. And the other thing, it's just, you know, there's certain things that hold us up in life and abandonment is one of them. Because if a, when, the, when the emotion gets turned inward, like I like to say, then we are going to abandon who we are because we're going to second guess because we have a, this fear, undercurrent of fear that somebody isn't going to accept us. There, we're not enough. There's that un, I'm not enough vibration, right? And feeling and insecurity. So when things get turned inward and it becomes about us then, then we won't take action in our life for who we really are. That's, that's amazing. How does one person maintain a higher vibration? Well, there's some great ways. Gratitude. Wow. Because gratitude takes us out of the icky and puts us into a different set of mind mindset. Mm -hmm. And by practicing gratitude, I mean, is that allowing a person to quickly get out of that lower frequency and keep them? Or do they have to do other types of practices to get them out of that low frequency and transition into a higher one? Good question. There isn't one thing. That's the thing. There isn't one healing modality. There isn't one form of medicine. There isn't one thing. And so you have to kind of find what, what works for you. So there's some different things that I do. I will shift my mindset to look for the moment, live in the moment of what is I'm grateful for. It doesn't matter if it's just that the sun is shining. Today is cloudy. Maybe, you know, I don't do so well in cloud. I do better in sun. But the other thing is when we hold on to grudges, when we hold on to unforgiveness as a way to keep ourselves safe, unforgiveness is, is really a block to happiness. And so forgiving, honopono, doing a forgiveness exercise is important. Anything else besides the emotional components? Like, is there anything else that someone can do to raise their frequency, like dietary changes, Absolutely. You know, exercise, lack of exercise? Sure. But have you ever known anyone and you, you know, in your profession, right, who says they exercise every day, they do, they eat perfectly and they can't get out of this depression. Yep. And you're, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, go, go do this. Maybe you need to do more weightlifting. It isn't going to change their chemistry. Okay. And that's almost always, it's not a situational depression. This is now there might be in a situational, you know, family environment or whatever it is in their life that might be causing it to be worse, but almost always it's an inherited pattern of depression. And so no matter really, what they do. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so interesting that you say that because um, I kind of discovered that on my own. Mm -hmm. um, 
when I was diagnosed with cancer, um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I, I realized that it, it's not a genetic issue. It's something that I either carried with me trauma-wise, stress-wise, mm -hmm. that triggered all this. Mm -hmm. and when I got out of it, and I was fortunately, I went into remission, the um, one thing that I realized I was, I was concentrating on is was my physical health. Like I was mm -hmm. thinking, okay, I've got to change my diet. I've got to like exercise better. But mm -hmm. what I was neglecting was my spiritual and my mental health. Mm -hmm. And like I was vibrating at such a low frequency because I was in a state of chronic depression and I didn't like myself. And I realized that that was probably the major correlation with why I had, I developed cancer. Mm -hmm. And so my book, I, I essentially declared as I was writing my book that it's a balance of mind, body, and spirit in order mm -hmm. to achieve optimal well-being. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's an important message that I, I keep trying to push on people and on our listeners because that's, that's the, the equation to really achieve optimal well-being. It is. You have it. And when we treat our body, when we disrespect our body, right, and we, and we take things in that cancer feeds on, like sugar, right? Then it doesn't give our, our physical body time to it, to heal. Yeah. And sugar, on another note, drops our vibration. Correct. Right. And so we, you're absolutely right. We have to take care of the physical body. Does it mean we have to be perfect and never do any of those things? No, it doesn't. But then when you combine the emotion of anger and frustration, and overwhelm, and constant stress on the adrenals and the central nervous system, the body can't keep up. And so I like to think of those experiences as, and you'll tell me how you feel in hindsight, having to go through the cancer experience, is that it's an opportunity of love here, where it's an opportunity to be in alignment with who you really are and bring you back to your soul's purpose. Yes, I have to agree yeah. with that. That's yeah. kind of what I've discovered lately. And now that that's blockages, it, the blockage might still be there. And I would love to have you like evaluate me at some point and see what where my energy blockages are. But um, I really feel that that's the energy that I need to clear um, mm -hmm. in order for me to keep in remission. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of people who are probably listening to this podcast or, or have loved ones that are um, suffering from cancer or have suffered from cancer or, mm -hmm. or currently, um, mm -hmm. you know, have a diagnosis with cancer in your, with your clientele. I mean, have you seen patients or clients that um, come to you because there's a blockage and you can sense that they have like this cancerous um, disease that's plaguing them? I do not. Um, I'm not out in the world as a medical intuitive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Although when I'm in the energy of a, of a client and I'm releasing something in their life, you know, to help them move forward or whatever, I can pick up when there's a block in the liver or I can find where an emotion is. Sometimes I can see it. All right. But it's um, when you get to the, when cancer surfaces, it is years of something, years of multiple things. So there isn't just one thing. Right. And um, what I do find, though, is there is a lot of anger that's been suppressed. And the voice, you're, oftentimes the client's voice, it was never allowed to be expressed as a child. And so they are in the habit that they, they don't know how to feel. And feeling is scary, so they don't feel. And so everything is suppressed, oppressed. I think of oppressed as a burden energy. 
And so the, the cancer feeds on that. But releasing one thing or doing one thing isn't gonna, isn't gonna change it. It's a process. Like it's the same as if somebody comes to me and they say, I have 100 pounds to lose. I have to have that hard conversation with them that it didn't happen overnight and I'm not Tinkerbell, right? And I can't wave this wand and have this go away overnight. This is gonna be a process. And it's the same thing. Um, by the time somebody comes to me with cancer and I, and I typically don't take them, by the way, when, because, or we have this conversation. I actually um, just finished with someone who did go into a remission, all right? But it takes a, it takes a tribe of people when someone's in a health crisis. It just does because you're in scarcity. You are in panic, yep. pain, right? And so you're just looking for that magic pill. And so when you are in that heightened awareness of, of life or death, then everything is all or nothing. Uh, and it's very hard to get into the brain, into the central nervous system when it's all or nothing. Right. Yeah. That's really important. Um, and I think you were talking about this repressed anger. Yeah. And <laughs> you're basically describing me because that's what happened to me when as I was growing up I couldn't mm -hmm. express my emotions to my parents and right. and, I, and I and I just buried it and so yeah. I think all that build up over time mm -hmm. just started to feed these cancer cells that were mutating mm -hmm. and eventually it just it blew up for me yeah yeah interesting so for you it'd be like look at your triggers doctor when do you get triggered? Like pay attention to trigger things, impatient, you know, things like that, that set you off and, um, and work through those. Okay. Because those can be an inherited impatience from right. a father, right. Or a mother or, or, or the need, look at the behavior you have. Do you have a need to control? Do you have to control everything? Right. Because that's a pattern of needing to be safe, not wanting to be caught off guard, but that control prevents the body from being flexible, so to speak, to, to life. Well, wow, you're reading me 100%. <laughs> That's who I am. <laughs> so typically, when a person on a client comes to you, how long does it take for you to clear their energy, to unblock their energy? Um, is it several sessions or one session? I don't do one session. Mm -hmm. For the same reason that we were just talking about, there isn't just one thing. And so I have... I, yeah, I begin with six sessions. Absolutely. Because when you start to lift the burden energy, when people are able to see themselves, see ahead of themselves. In fact, my favorite analogy is a character in Charlie Brown. Even if you don't watch it, there's a character in Charlie Brown and his name is Pigpen. It's an awful name, but he walks around in a dust cloud is what happens. But think of that dust cloud though, as your energy field. Energy. Yeah. And, and when we're, when we cannot see out ahead of ourselves and there's no hope or we, or we don't know what's next in our life because it's clouded. And if people can't see us for who we are on a soul level, then life isn't as bright and purposeful because we came here for a purpose. We all have different purposes and it doesn't mean we have to have a purpose to be famous. That's not what I mean, but we have a purpose where it feeds our soul. Like my work feeds my soul. Okay. Because it's what comes easy for me. It's what comes natural for me. You have a similar purpose where you want to help people get better. You want to help humanity or you wouldn't be doing a podcast. 
But if we get hung up in our triggers or we get hung up in, in how we think we have to show up and the universe isn't allowed to bring us these opportunities because we can't see them, right? We don't see them as an opportunity. Then we're not living a purposeful life. And that's when we don't feel good. That's when life feels icky. That's beautifully said. I, I thank you so much. I think that's going to resonate with so many people. That is awesome. Um, we're close to running out of time, but I right. would love to let our listeners know how they can find you. Well, you can find me on my website that's being redone right now, but you can still find me. And it's Lisa Thomas Energy Healing, Energy Healer, I think, dot com. Lisa and Thomas Energy Healer dot com. And you have some books that you've published? Oh my gosh, you're like on it. I do. It's called mistakes into money. Uh-huh. And I wrote it. Um, this one book is particularly focused on women because women have a very hard time letting go. Now I did have a man read it and he wrote me, he wrote me, he goes, Oh my gosh, it's applicable to anybody, but it is written heads up. Right? right. And, and it is, it shares stories of clients who um, get stuck in their, got stuck in their story and they believed that, pretty much they were washed up from all walks of life, okay? And how we can take these experiences and turn them into, you know, life-fulfilling prophecies of good. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And then at the end of every um, chapter, there's a clarity exercise where it brings you into the moment so you can better understand yourself and then release what it is. Oh, that's so useful. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, absolutely. And... um, be on a lookout for an, uh, for an email from me because I want to be one of your clients. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love that. It would be my honor. Well, thank you, you have a big purpose, doctor. You really do. And it's to awaken people that it's not one or the other. You, can in, you have to integrate the spiritual with the medical, and then that's what transforms life. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And thank you for saying that. And yeah. I would also be honored if you would be able to read um, my book. It's going to be out um, next Tuesday. Mm. And uh, I'd love to. Uh, get Please. On it. I would love to read it. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. And I can't wait to, to work with you some more. All right. Likewise. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye.